This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. My guest is a 2016 graduate of the Naval Academy. After receiving his master's degree from the Naval Postgraduate School, he went on to serve as a submarine officer with two successful Westpac deployments. In 2021, he came back to the yard as a company officer, where he became one of the founding facilitators of the My Navy Coaching Program. In that program, he and his team have taught thousands of midshipmen, faculty and staff, to embrace a coach-like culture at the academy. Welcome, Lieutenant Jim Katina. Hey, good morning, Michael. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. And I want to jump right into this discussion because I've heard a lot about coaching, but I also kind of grew up on the mentoring side. And can you give us the difference between mentoring and coaching? Absolutely. So, Everyone has had a great mentor. I've certainly had many great mentors in my life. And in a mentorship relationship, you're really looking to leverage the expertise of the mentor in order to help you come up with solutions to a situation you might be in. Coaching kind of turns that on its head. Coaching is about using the skill and the willingness of the person being coached to help them come up with solutions to their own problems. And there's a lot of great studies out there that help to show that by asking powerful questions, practicing active listening, using these coach-like habits, it really allows us to, one, develop our individuals, the, the, the people that we're coaching, but it also allows us to increase levels of ownership within our organizations and, and help us embrace the, the solutions that we're coming up with, which is something that I think every organization should be aspiring towards to help them be as successful and effective as they can be. Is, is it legit to say that in a mentoring relationship, the mentee approaches the mentor? And in the coaching relationship, it's not exactly that way. Sometimes the coach can actually approach the coachee. Yeah, I think that's a, I'll call it a half-truth. I, I think that in a coaching relationship, the the person that is being coached is the one that's should be generally reaching out to the coach and saying, hey, I have a problem that I'm going through right now. Can I receive some coaching on that? And then it's incumbent on you as the leader, as the coach, to ask the right questions to get that person to change their perspective or change their viewpoint to help them come up with the right solution given the constraints that they're operating under. I think we can all say at one point or another that we've got received advice from a mentor and maybe we haven't taken it. And a lot of the time when you ask folks, have you, do you trust that mentor? Absolutely, I trust my mentor. But they didn't understand the situation that I was in in that moment. They didn't meet me where I was, given this, the situation that I'm in. And coaching allows us to kind of bridge that gap so that we can use that own person to come up with the solution based on the situation that they're in and their own situation, uh, their own thoughts, so that they can kind of take ownership of that and run with the solution. I, I think it's very rare that we don't take our own advice as human beings. So uh, coaching allows us to, to kind of give ourselves the advice. Tell me about this thing called the skill will matrix. How does that work? So when we talk about leadership, we often talk about tools in the leadership toolbox, right? Different ways to approach problems as a leader to help get the most out of your, your people. And what I found when I got back here in 2021 is that we don't really ever talk about how do you know what the right tool is to use for the job other than 
you're going to learn it in the school of hard knocks, which I, I don't really take that, that answer too well. So the skill wheel matrix, if you can just imagine a, a graph, right, with four quadrants, and on the x-axis you have willingness, which is the ability for the person to solve their own problem. That's their willingness to do that. And then on the y-axis, it's their skill or them having the intellectual capacity, the, the leadership experience in order to solve the problem they're, they're, they're trying to overcome. If you break it into four quadrants, the upper right quadrant, those high-skill, high-will individuals, those are the people that are ripe for coaching. They have the willingness to want to solve the problem, and they have the skill necessary to solve it. So I can ask those people, those individuals, powerful questions, practice that active listening so that they can come up with the solution to their own problems. The lower right-hand quadrant, right, folks that are lower in skill but very high in will, that is where you can employ almost any tool in your leadership toolbox, telling, teaching, coaching, or mentoring. Any of those tools used with the right folks can be very effective for those high will, low skill individuals. And here at the Naval Academy, I always talk a lot about the plebe being a very high will, low skill individual, and then being a, a fertile ground for different leadership tools. On the right-hand side of, of the skill will matrix, I would say you have about 95% of the folks here at the Naval Academy, and by and large, our sailors and Marines in the fleet will fall somewhere on that side of the spectrum. On the left-hand side, you've got the high-skill, low-will individuals in that upper left, and those are the folks that have the ability to solve the problem, but they're not necessarily willing to do it. That is where counseling... The, uh, of the formal variety to say, hey, I know you have the ability to solve this problem. You're just not doing it. And we need to get you on a path to do that. Those are the right folks for that, that kind of approach, right? A counseling tactic. And then that low will, low skill individual is, is tough, right? How do you solve someone that doesn't really have willingness to solve the problem nor the skill to do it? And what I would argue for them is that you really need to understand what their motivation is, right? What makes them want to be here? What makes them tick? So you can start to push them further to the right on the skill will matrix and get them into that high, high will, low skill so that you can employ all those different leadership tactics. Each quadrant has its own benefits as a leader and each quadrant presents its own challenges. And I think it's incumbent for us as leaders, whenever we approach a conversation with someone to take a step back and ask ourselves, where is this person on the skill will matrix and what kind of tactic do I want to employ to get the most out of them in their development. I think it's really key to be able to identify those four quadrants because you're right, we're going to we're going to meet people in each one of those quadrants. Luckily, we've got a situation on the yard at the academy and hopefully in the fleet where we've got people further over to the right. So let's focus on on this coaching quadrant. What makes coaching such a great tactic for people in that space? So Coaching is unlocking the ability of the individual to develop the thought processes to solve problems. I think here at the Naval Academy and even in the fleet, we're always looking to develop our relief, train our reliefs, develop leaders. And by using these coaching tactics, by asking these very open-ended questions, we're allowing the coachee, that's the term that we use to describe the person being coached, to come up with the solutions themselves and develop those neural pathways themselves 
so that they can use that thought process again and again. If I use a mentoring mindset with a person like that, the only thought process they will hear is the one that worked for me. And that might not be what is best for them. So it does allow that person to start to develop the thought processes themselves. And I'll go back to this idea of ownership. In any organization, we want to have ownership at the lowest level. We want people within our organization to feel like they they are incumbent in the solution and that it's their solution that's being implemented. And coaching is a way, a very real way, a very meaningful way for individuals to use the solutions that they are generating to enact change. I think that's a very powerful thing for us as leaders to be able to push the responsibility of creating a solution to the lowest possible level, developing those leaders, those, those neural networks, those pathways, so that when crisis occurs and the leader is removed from the situation, those folks that are in this coaching world understand how to solve the problem themselves. They're not looking to the leader to solve the problem for them. And I think that's very powerful for us as we look to how does this affect the fleet as a whole, right? It's a, it's the My Navy coaching program, not a Naval Academy-centric evolution. This is DOD at large. And we're really developing leaders for the fleet that when they get out there, these young junior officers that have been ingrained in this coaching construct will understand how to think through problems themselves so that in, con- in times of crisis and conflict, they're able to execute tasking with little to no guidance from their superiors so that we can make the biggest impact to our sailors and Marines in the fleet. Now, let me ask this. And, and normally when I see things, we always want to go up and to the right towards that mentoring category. But with coaching, you don't necessarily, that's not your job. It's not, you're not trying to create a situation where you're going to have a mentorship relationship. Coaching in and of itself could be very successful in and of itself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're 100% right, Michael. Coaching itself is a very fruitful relationship to have, not just for the coachee, but also for the coach. I like to describe coaching as you're in a car driving with someone else, but they have the wheel. They're in control of the conversation. The coachee is in control of the conversation. So even though they might be, you're asking the questions to help them kind of drive through the situation themselves, you're learning a lot as well. One of the common refrains we use in coaching is to just stay curious. And if you use that in leadership as a whole, you're learning a heck of a lot more than you would if you just came in with your own biases and heuristics and tried to impart that on an individual. What I would say, too, is that mentorship still has a place. There's value in mentorship. But I would offer that it's designed for a specific individual. And I've had some fantastic mentorship relationships that have become coaching relationships as that person starts to migrate higher in the skill will matrix, where now it's becoming less about the experiences that I've had and more about the experiences and the wisdom and the knowledge that the other person has built. So I think a very successful mentorship relationship can become a coaching relationship. And even in the context of a, of a conversation you might find that you have to take your coaching hat off and put your mentorship on if you realize that, hey, this person doesn't quite have the skill yet to solve the problem themselves. So I I think it really is you're kind of like being a wrestler in a ring. You have to kind of always be anticipating the next move of your coachee. And and I I think using coaching and mentoring, they they can play into each other as a leader so that you can get the most from your people. Are there easy things, I mean, how do you know as they're moving through that matrix? Are there things 
that are these tells that indicate that there has been a shift? Yes. And I would say the most obvious one that, that we see all the time with coaches is the refrain of, I, I know you're trying to get me to the answer, but I just don't know how to get there. Right. That is an immediate flag to me to say, Hey, I, I've taken this coaching far enough at this point. I need to put my mentoring hat on or maybe my teaching hat and explain how to go about solving a problem. You can ask all the questions you want as a coach, but if that person doesn't have the skill to solve the problem, they're never going to be able to get there. So you do have to be flexible as a coach, as a leader, to recognize that, that you have tapped out their experience, their skill, and use another tool in your toolbox. But the key there is that you as a leader have to be constantly evaluating that person and, and asking yourselves, where are they in that time frame? And recognizing that even in the span of the same conversation, that person may go from high skill, high will to low skill, high will, and you have to recognize what the right tool there is. So this is really good information, uh, just understanding where coaching fits in these leadership skills that we need to have. Where can we find out more about this, especially on the yard? Well, we are developing a coaching culture here, and it is taking off like wildfire, Michael. So you can find coaching here. We teach the My Navy Coaching Cohort. Uh, every, six, every six months, we offer about three cohorts every six months, so six cohorts a year. Roughly 100 faculty, staff, and officers are going through that curriculum, which is fantastic. And you're going to see it with the midshipmen. It's everywhere. We offer commander's coaching, which is a 15-hour experiential learning for the midshipmen commanders. We offer one-on-one coaching for them. So if you go through our My Navy coaching cohort, you can coach one-on-one one of our midshipmen commanders, which is an extremely valuable experience. We have third-class character coaching, which is, again, another one-on-one opportunity for you to engage with a third-class midshipman and build a relationship over the course of months and even years. And we offer it in the classroom. This is a language that is spoken by the class of 25 and 26. The class of 27 will get it here in NL110 as they, as they embark on their journeys here in the, in the academic realm. And every midshipman knows the language of coaching, which allows you to use these tactics with them when you're trying to get them to come up with a solution themselves. So it is it is running rampant here, and it is something that I, I really hope that faculty and staff alike will take the opportunity to, to get on board and devote some time to, to really learn and refine this incredibly powerful tool in the toolbox. Great information to know. It looks like there's a lot of ways to actually touch this on the yard and even on the off the yard. So, Lieutenant Jim Katina, thanks for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Thank you so much for your time today, Michael. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts. 